This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Welcome in to Moneyline. Yeah, you got it right. We're back in studio. Well, kind of, but let's get this thing rocking like we always do. It's been a long time. It's good to see you, Josh. I feel like uh, some things have happened in the sports landscape, especially here in Houston, since I last saw you. But before we get in that, how you been, man? Man, I'm doing great. How are you doing, my man? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Let's say I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I'm I'm happy to be back, and uh, we got our man Dell behind the glass keeping us in check for the next few hours, so let's see how this goes. No games today, so it's going to be from a different perspective for all you new listeners, everyone joining us for the first time on Moneyline, even the old guys, it's going to be a little different because we don't have a slate to run to, and uh, also we don't have, I'm not, I'm not going to say we're not going to talk about the big game in depth because we will, but also we'll leave some for next week because you know with the Super Bowl comes not just the bets, but the prop bet extravaganza, and that's what everyone looks forward to. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. We, uh, wow, Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl, all the Deshaun Watson stuff. There's so much to get into, man. We've been out forever, you know. How are you feeling, man? Everything good? You excited to be back? I'm excited to be back. I'm telling you, just watching the football games every week after week, sitting there and just thinking, man, I know we would have talked about, you know, we would have been on this on Moneyline. But whatever the case is, like I said, I just, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be in studio to be able to finish the season off. To be honest, me, Josh and I just spoke pre-show and we talked about, man, we thought about not even coming back, you know. But we, uh, we have that connection with you guys, everyone out there listening. We had so many uh, messages saying, when are you guys coming back? So, we're here to finish this off strong, and what better time than with all the news going on within the Texans and within the city, just in, on all sports levels. I mean, if you would have told me, hey, you're going to be missing for X amount of time when you come back, Harden's going to be gone, Watson might not be here, I, I would have told you you're a liar. I would have told you I would have bet you. <laughs> no, no kidding, right? It's tough, man. This has been crazy. we got to get into all the Deshaun Watson stuff. It's no surprise, right? Cal McNair, Jack Easterby screwing everything up. It's come to this. 
He's Josh Jordan at Josh Jordan 97.5. I'm Jerry Bow at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. And then our man Dale is going to keep us in check, like I said, for the next few hours. So the phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. It's a get it off your chest Sunday for you Texans fans. I know that you're it's, it's brewing. I know that it's been probably hammering at your soul all week long. You've been thinking of how do you word this? Is this really going to happen? Is this true? Can it be true? Well, as time progresses, it seems like every day there's new content. There's something new to get to. And the, I guess latest move, chess piece move, we call in this, after the press conference that was had for to introducing the new head coach, now we see that Deshaun Watson goes to his Twitter and changes uh, the bio. What did what do you make of that? I mean, he's just stepping it up, right? Every little layer. At first, we were just hearing rumors. Then he made it official. He wants the trade. I also find it interesting that when Schefter reported that the trade was a the request was official, he said that happened weeks ago. So why did they release that? You know, basically the day of the coaching announcement. I, I felt the timing was very curious, and that's why we're going to call it a "Get It Off Your Chest" Sunday. If you're listening out there and you have something to say about. The whole, I guess, I don't even want to say fiasco. I just, I call it experiment because I don't even know if where this ends up. Because according to Vegas, the Texans are still the favorite. If you want to go bet what team that he plays week one for, like they should be, you would think. What has to happen? What has to transpire? I guess what puzzle pieces have to fall in what spots for this trade that the organization, we heard that Casario comes out, Nick Casario comes out and says, there is not going to be a trade, right? He made it seem like, well, no, he's here to stay. That's our quarterback, which that's what you want to hear if you want Watson to be here. But then all of a sudden you see Watson, he's like that ex-girlfriend that you tag her and you're like, hey, baby, you know, you tag and you say, I miss you. And she all of a sudden just takes you off the friends list. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, what's, what, the, what is there to this? Is there something? Is he checked out? Because if the reports are true and it's been weeks, he's been checked out. Oh, he's definitely been checked out. I mean, this is... I get why Casario said there's no interest. They're going to try and make it work with Deshaun. But, you know, two have to play that game. You know, it's pretty funny. On our Facebook page the other day, they we had a little uh, a post that said, Nick Casario says, we have zero interest in trading Deshaun. And then it said Deshaun showing up to training camp. And it was Deshaun's head photoshopped on James Harden in that blue outfit <laughs> with a big old gut. You know, and it makes you think. You know, will Deshaun go that far? Will he sit out? Will he come back and not try hard like we saw with James, where James just wasn't taking shots? It's a tricky thing here. We'll see how it goes. But I'm concerned, man. I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm a big Texans fan. I am done with them until Easterby and Cal McNair aren't making any more of these decisions. I'm done. Even, even more insulting, though, how did it make you feel that Cal just sends the little pre- pre you know introduction video just the the opener and i thought man that's a cop out right there too you should be in the you're you're a big problem with this did that make you feel any way would it made i'm not gonna say make you feel better but at least to be there for for people to be able to question him and i say that loosely as well because now we're hearing that the media didn't get to ask they were letting fans ask questions before the media and it almost seems like they planted some people in there to say hey we know what's coming from you. We know what's coming here somewhere. What do you think about this whole thing, Dale? If you had to bet right now, and the, this is the way, and, and I know you might have a little bit of, actually, this is good to have Dale Hooper because the Dolphins come in second on the list. So if you had to bet right now, would you take the Texans at plus 170 or do you fall in line with the Dolphins at 250, Jets, Broncos? Where does Watson, in your eyes, play week one? See, 
the thing with uh, Watson, and we talked about it during the week, is he wants to have the perception of being a good guy. And now that the Texans, whether they're uh, they're just talking because what else is there to say, that now that Casario has said we have no interest in trading him, David Culley said he took the job because he, he believed Deshaun would be here. What does Deshaun want to be perceived as? Because if he wants to be, be perceived as a good guy, there's a real good shot uh, – he doesn't force he doesn't force the Texans into trading him because he he plays it coy, he does all he does all the Twitter, Instagram stuff, but you know what? He doesn't come out and take a shot at the organization. Because that's that's what gets you out of here. People can talk about who has leverage, who doesn't have leverage. The moment Deshaun decides, if he does decide that I'm going to burn this thing to the ground, the Texans they would have a choice, but not a real one. To, they're gonna have to trade him. You think about all the times that a guy a player has decided he was going to take a shot at the organization. They don't remain. And Gawkway, he he wanted out for a long time. You know what? The Jags were like, we're going to hold until we find the right deal. He called the owner's son a clown on Twitter. He was out. <laughs> yeah. uh, you had um, you had James. He did all those things that people perceived as him wanting out. You know what? It took finally took for him to go in a press conference and tell the world that we're not good enough. And the tech and the Rockets, after feeling disrespected, we heard the players talk about it afterwards. That the disrespect that started long before then, that that public disrespect was enough. How disrespectful does Deshaun want to be? Uh, that'll determine it. if he st- if he does what he's doing now. I think he'll he'll remain a Texan unless they get some Godfather offer. Offer if he decides that you know I'm going to go on a podcast, a f- one friendly to me. I'll join Arian Foster and talk about why I want out. He he'll be gone pretty quickly, and that's. If it gets to that point, I just, oh, man, I don't know. There's so many angles to this because I think that in a way, and, and you know, I'm not a Texans fan. I'm, I mean, I'm a Steelers guy, but I'm a fan of the city, and, and I like the sports to do good. Obviously, it's good for our work. But I think there's also a sense of denial within the fans because they're thinking, no, <laughs> no way, not him. So I know we have to separate because you've seen a lot of tweets come out, and they'll say what Deshaun has done in the community, for example. So I don't want to get him being a bad person. Because that's not the case. Him maybe doing making bad decisions as far as on a business level, and it's maybe not a bad decision for himself because it's the team that allowed him to do this, allowed him to sign him, gave him the money. Let, let that trade no trade clause was a big part. But then you ask yourself, how much? What has changed? I went back and watched his speech. You know that interview, that conference, whenever he signed. You know the one where he cried and. I tried to put together what has changed so much in his perception from then. Obviously, yes, that he didn't get to make the calls in the front office that maybe they – we don't know how they did it behind closed doors when he was putting the ink to the paper. We don't know if they said, hey, you will. But at the end, did he really trust them that a quarterback was going to be able to make all the front office – not all of them, but have that big of a say in the front office? How many quarterbacks really do? And there are a few, but – is that the reason that you all of a sudden say, well, man, I didn't get my guy, I'm out? Or is it the way, the timing, the timeline of it? I think it's a Cal McNair thing. I believe Adam Schefter reported that they went out to dinner. They told Deshaun he would be part of the process of the new GM, the new coach. And then basically what's happened, he talks to Cal. And then after he talks to Cal, Easterby goes and gets in his ear. And then Cal kind of, he's like, you know, we hear this about President Trump. Everybody wants to be the last person to talk to him because that's the way he ends up leaning on his decision. So after Deshaun talks to Cal and he thinks everything's cool, well, then Easterby goes behind his back and gets in his ear, and then he does something different. And that's what happened with the Casario hire. 
And I talked about this. We were going to do a sports map video about it. Look at Tom Brady. He finally gets away from the Patriots. We know Bill Belichick. He doesn't want input from his players about decisions they make, right? And then Tom goes to the Bucks. Hey, sign Leonard Fournette. How'd that work out? Hey, sign Antonio Brown. How'd that work out? Trade for Gronk. How's that working out? They're in the Super Bowl. So Deshaun sees that, and he knows that New England mentality is coming down here. They don't want that input from players. So, you know, in probably within like a week, he went from thinking, oh, everything's cool, to they're not going to listen to me, and they're going to lie to my face. At which point, and like Dale says, if he took it to, like, say, an Arian Foster podcast, and it goes off, but at which point is it gone too far to where this it's going to set this team back as in, the odds are stacked against him now. The new coach coming in, I mean, the defense is still going to be the same. No tr- uh, draft equity. So what is expected out of this team? Maybe more wins than this season, obviously, yeah. But from Deshaun himself, as far as his performance, he performs still. So then you ask yourself, what has to happen for him to change his mindset, even if he does stay, because the hires were made. So is this just a a stepping stone to the next coach, at which point now can you make him happy? What do you have to do now to make him happy? Because promises were broken if it came to this, you would think, if, if this is the way he's approaching it. So what has to happen? At which point does he say, okay, they did good by me. I'm here to stay for for the longevity of things. I'm not sure that it gets to that point. I, winning cures all. And if we go think back at, at the Patriots, the way that things fell apart towards the end, we had heard that there was beef within that building a few years back, right? We heard that Brady and Bilicek, mine and I have been on the same page, but winning cures all. Yep. And they were still winning or still in the topics, in the conversations of being successful. I think that Nick Casario being around that, he had to have seen that go down. And I think that that's why in his eyes, he believes I've dealt with something like this. If I can make it happen there and we still were able to win another another Super Bowl, then why not can I do it here? But I need the chance. And when you go to Twitter and start doing these rap lyrics or whatever, subliminal shots, and then you're, they're saying that you're not even answering phone calls, I think that makes it impossible. It does. But think about it from Deshaun's perspective. You know, if you're in New England, oh, well, you don't want my input. At least you can lean on this organization has had years of success at the highest level. You know, Bill Belichick carries some cachet. Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, they don't carry anything but being a disaster. They're a laughingstock of the NFL. It's, that's what it is. At, at this point, I mean, we we were, we said that they were a laughingstock when O'Brien was here and it was when any kind of trade deal, just 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 prank call him. Remember, you star 69 <laughs> him and just start throwing out deals to see if he bites. And then now it's, okay, he was gone. And then it, it, it proved we even had a funeral here on Moneyline for O'Brien. We said, hey, this is... Good times are ahead, but obviously it, it's it's higher up. And we've always said that if you own a company, Dell, and you see that one of your managers that's been there for a while, he's messing up, and and you're hearing from customers. You know, let's say O'Brien is that manager, and the customers are the fans, and you're hearing multiple times, and from other players with or employees within the organization, and people just not liking him. You figured, okay, well that's on O'Brien also, but it's also a one step above that because. It's also on the only, you're just going to let your things crumble to the ground off of one man. Well, that was changed, but then now what happens? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do with that. Again, we want your input, Houston, 713-780-3776. What do you have to say about everything of that, that has occurred? Where, and we say it, I say it loosely because many of your fans listening right now and you're saying, 
by no means, I mean, make it work. Make it. I don't care what happens. Uh, just make it work. Get Watson in, in, in a, I guess we can't say in a COVID-filled world, in a room, you know, however it has to happen on a Zoom call. But ground zero has to be somewhere. Where do we start? And that's where we're going to talk about more on this show. Again, 713-780-3776. What you got, Josh? Man, I want to talk to you guys about my bookie because the big game is this Sunday, guys. And Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl. Jerry and I talked about this before the season. We said a great move would be to take a ticket, bet in the Bucks to make it to the Super Bowl. And I remember Jerry texted me before the season. He was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, man, I like it. I like it. I think Brady could get there. And sure enough, he goes to New Orleans, beats the Saints, and then goes and beats Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. What a run by Brady. So do you want to bet on Brady again? It seems like that might be a good way to go. And the best way to do it is at mybookie.ag, guys. And this is a perfect time to open your account, put in a promo code radio over at mybookie.ag, and that's where you get all the discounts and all the best deals, guys. You can get all those prop bets. And Jerry and I are going to have a ton of prop bets next week. So you're definitely going to want to listen to our Super Bowl show, but you're going to want to do it with your mybookie account. Get in there. We'll have all the wagers ready to go. That's mybookie.ag. And, guys, promo code RADIO, they will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. Guys, you can't beat that deal. Promo code RADIO, you want to go to my bookie because when you win, they pay, guys. They will pay you when you win your bets, and that's what it's all about when it comes down to it. So, guys, you bet, you win, they pay, my bookie. Warning, warning. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Gosh, it feels good to be back. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Go ahead and text us, tweet us at that same number, 713-780-3776. We're back in studio trying to get you caught up. I know that you've been hammered. Already, I know that it's been digging at you for the last few weeks. Everything that you see, every time that you turn your head, every time that a that a tweet comes through, right? Like an ESPN update, and you start seeing things, you're saying, please don't let it be this one, right? Please don't let it be this one. Yep. I don't want to see Watson's name come across the line because that's going to be a certain feeling. Just like when you woke up that, that day that you saw Hopkins. I, I have to check two or three different sites, you know, because I didn't think it was going to be true. And I just... For the sake of the of the Houston fan, and I know what it means to finally have got a quarterback and, and one of that caliber, I know that it's tough, man. It's tough, and that's why I say we're in a we're in a we're in a place of, of mourning almost right now. Like we're getting prepared for it because it's, I was thinking, what if it breaks before we have that first money line show? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a dark day that day in radio because fans are gonna be feeling a certain type of way. They are, and it's gonna it'll be a while right Casario's not going to trade him right away in in my opinion he's he, they're going to try and fix things with Deshaun but i want you brought up the Hopkins trade right and our own Lance Zerline tweeted out like hey at least Casario a, a real football guy will be in charge of getting this trade done right and that he feels good that at least it won't be like it was before to where they'll get good value for Deshaun let me push back on that the Hopkins trade they took less value than they could have got for him, right? But what did they do it for? In the in the we what we'll get the culture right. Getting the culture right, too many baby mamas with Deshaun. Getting the culture right is worth taking less than his value just to get him out of here and start over again. 
you know, that was the idea in the building, right? At least that's that's the way I perceive it. What's to say that Cal or Easterby won't make Casario pull the trigger on a trade that's not appropriate value for Deshaun, you know, if he starts saying bad things about the organization, if he starts making it uncomfortable, you know, and then they'll, in the name of culture, it's just worth it to get him out of here. We'll, we'll, we'll take less than his value just to get him out of here. It's worth it. We've seen it happen before. It happened with Hop- It happened with Hopkins. Do we really know this Casario has the final say in these decisions? Like, no. If, if you ask me, Easterby's still in charge. This still has his fingerprints all over it. This is Easterby and Cal McNair. And Cal, like, he doesn't do anything, but he listens to what Jack says and then goes, okay. I mean, that, that's where we're at. So I'm concerned. I'm not – just because they have Casario, that doesn't make me feel good that we're definitely going to get a good deal for Deshaun if it comes to that. Let's see how you feel. 713-780-3776. It's a get-it-off-your-chest Sunday Isaac, get it off your chest. He wants to talk Watson. What's up? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I think this goes back a couple of years when we were potentially one game away from going to the Super Bowl, and that's when Mahoney and them came back when they were down by like 30 points. And, you know, the, like you said, the very next year they trade Hopkins, which was a stupid decision. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I understand – uh, that he's frustrated and he wants to leave, but I think you know, making $150 million, there's no reason you should be going anywhere, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I, I, the only thing they could really do now is try to get a, a really good receiver to replace Hopkins or try to get Hopkins back in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure that we can make that Hopkins come back to Houston, but putting someone there. But you ask yourself, what has to happen to make? Watson happy like, would that do if, if they signed Allen Robinson or if they signed Chris is, Godwin? Is that enough? Is that enough? Is that enough, or is it to the point? Because that's I'm trying to read in between the lines, and I'm trying to see as soon as Casario on the co- press conference, you know, Watson got word of that, maybe even watched it, and as soon as he saw what they think, I'm still in this building. They think that like the ex girlfriend or the ex boyfriend, they have a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go ahead and get them off my profile, and then let me ma- let me let them know or. Whenever he was on the that uh, and I'm not sure what show it was, but with Deion Sanders and Deion says, "Hey, I'm not supposed to ask you this, but where are you going?" And he hits him back with the and and he looked. I mean, I've never seen Watson as a villain type, right? But he for the first time he looked like a like a villain, like, "Hey, man, just you got my number, call me." And I'm thinking, man, that uh, for Texans fans to hear that, it's got to be crushing. But also for Isaac, and we're gonna get to more of these guy people on the phone line. If Watson does happen. To this all falls apart, and he's not part of the Texans going forward. What do you, as a fan, and it's not—it's the saying: "Don't talk about it, be about it." Right? Because how do you be about that as far as hurting the organization as they hurt you? And you can only hurt. A, this is a business, right? In, in the pockets, that's the only way you can do it. But you're going to tell me if Watson's not here week one, and I'm speculating a lot that that that. COVID will be not gone, but it'll be a little bit in the rear view, and then you'll have fans. Will that stadium be at the capacity that's allowed at that point? If if tailgating is allowed, is this, that still going to be going on? If you have to ask me, a betting man, Dell, do you think that the people are still going to be in those stadiums no matter what? They're just talking. Texas fans have been loyal to a fault, and oof, the issue. This is different. See, man. I feel like it's different. And partly there is there won't be any excitement. Well, let's say let's say they trade to number let's say 
Deshaun acquiesces and says, you know what, I'll be a Jet. Will a will a potential quarterback being drafted at two be enough to get people in the building? I mean, it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. So would would Zach Wilson or, or Justin Fields get people in the building? Because the only way I see people coming back in droves, like showing up for a game, you know you're going to be bad, but at least there's, there's some excitement, is if there's hope that you found your replacement. And I don't know if any quarterback currently gets people hype like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say people people won't show up. Not to the level like we saw last year, even before the, the cl- clear downturn, they were having to do things to get people in the building on time. Hey, like, didn't they, like, have a siren out at, in the parking lot to get people? Hey, let's go, guys. Let's get to let's get in the building. They're already having those problems when they had Deshaun. With no Deshaun, uh, the type of talk that's going to surround this team if he's traded, I think it's going to be very difficult to expect people to want to be in there. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that's a point I've heard from people amongst myself that, that they say, I'm telling you, Jerry, I've been through a lot with this team. I'm not I'm not going to do those season tickets anymore. I'm not going to buy the jerseys. I have people that I know that they buy New Jersey every year, you know, a few, a few. And they're saying, I'm done. If he's gone, then I hate to say it, that I'm gone because that means that they didn't care about us, the ones that make those pockets wealthy. Those fat pockets, they stayed like that for these years. It's always football time here in Houston, right? You go look, go drive past the stadium, go look at – even when they have losing records, you see that that parking lot is full. People are still going into the stadium. It's a big – it's it's different. It's, the entire national media is dragging them through the dirt every day. How smart is Deshaun's camp? Every time there was a countdown show, he'd release another cryptic tweet, and then they'd do some report about it with you know, with Mort on ESPN. And then when they, the coaching hire happened, what do they do? Right when first take, right when undisputed, Skip and Shannon go on the air, Deshaun leaks it out to Schefter that he officially requested a trade. So as soon as all those shows, the day the Texans are excited to introduce their new coach, and as soon as all those shows go on, what's the narrative turn to? Deshaun officially requested a trade. Why aren't his PR people running the Texans? Because they clearly know what they're doing a lot better than the Texans do. Get it off your chest, Josh, and get it off your chest. 713-780-3776. Chris, you're on Moneyline. What's going on? Those fans have been saying fire Jack used to be for the longest. The day that David Coley did his press conference interview, everyone was so mad to the point where there was planes flying around in the sky telling Janet to sell the team. <laughs> yeah. Ever since Bob McNair has died, Cal has almost been losing his mind. He's not even into this football organization. I've looked up at him many times at the games, and he's sleep with his wife. Just sleep at all. Like, what is the point of owning a team if you're not going to care? And the one interview uh, Deshaun Watson was a part of was the Beanie one. And under the assumption that him and, uh, uh, what's our GM name, Nick, were going to sign him. Yeah. And when we didn't, it was like the biggest slap in his face. And I don't blame him. If I'm him, I'm trying to get out too. Yeah, and, and we always – so I guess all this bite back now comes – you say, I guess as a fan, you're wanting what's best for what's in your interest because that's your team you like. But if you really, and, and you, you know, I've been real vocal on Twitter, but when it all comes down, you got to worry about yourself. And that's what he's doing. Honestly, Watson's worried about himself. But at the same, who put, who let him get the upper hand here? And that's whenever you let, you gave him the big money and then the no trade clause. And then you knew after that, I got to keep him happy. Yeah. At the end of the day, you knew you have to keep him happy. That's that's the whole thing. But at what expense? Because you can bring up some 
I guess, situations like Peyton Manning. They say that he had a lot to do whenever there was front offense changes. But who was Peyton Manning up to that point? Yeah, you can say Watson on paper is is that guy, but that guy needs to be winning. What has he won since? I'm not saying that uh, taking anything away from him. Uh, we know what he is. But whenever you start bucking your chest and saying, I want to have on that level to where you're calling the front office, then then you better your resume better better follow along with it. I'm and, and that's where I think where the step is. How much of an input do you say? And if it's did he did the Texans know it's it's you better let him have an input or he's out. Could he have avoided this maybe with the cryptic tweets of rap lyrics instead of coming out and telling and saying instead of doing all that saying hey it's it's my way and I hate to use that my way or the highway mm-hmm. you know it's it's you you're gonna listen or there's gonna be repercussions. And I'm not going to throw that helmet back on. Or is it, let me fire off these tweets and then a few a few minutes later just put in future. So then you go look and then you go look at the lyrics and you're like, okay, it's this song. It's like, say it. Get it off get it off your chest. You know, Watson, 713-780-3776 if you're listening. Get it off your chest because I think that's where I fell off. Because, again, by no, man, by no means am I going to, to throw the man in the dirt and call him the B word. You know, I'm not think, saying that, that he's that in life. That's not where I'm going to go to because I think he is genuinely a good person. But did he not make the best business decisions as far as what he had said maybe in that press conference? And I know we're not supposed to believe what they say, obviously. Take it with a grain of salt. But you believed in that moment, when it, just like whenever you heard that the t- Texans were trading up. And then all of a sudden you say, please, please, please. You Wherever you were as a Texans fan, you remember that moment. You're saying, please. And when you saw Watson come across the bottom of that screen and you said, oh, my God, the Texans drafted Deshaun Watson. Like, it was a sense of ease. Like, wow, after all these quarterbacks. So when he signed that contract again, you thought to yourself during that press conference, you might have teared up a little bit with him. You know, like, oh, my gosh, he is a good guy. He's going to be here. And I think that's why it hurts now some because you still have the – He's made such an impression on people that you have his crowd writing loyal to him. Like the Watson stand, he's, he's going he's gonna to write him to his next team, they say. But then you have those other ones that are kind of jumped off the ship and said, enough is enough. Well, look what changed, right? They went 4-12. and 12. You know, he signed that new deal in like September. He wasn't thinking they were going to be this bad. And now he's looking at it and they don't have a first or second round draft pick and they're over the cap by like 15 or $17 million dollars. JJ's probably got one or two good years left. He he knows if he wants a chance to win. And and we'll get to this on the other side. I want to tell you why the Easterby thing is still a big problem. It's going to be a problem with the roster, and it's going to be something that, that makes Deshaun want to leave. And, and it has to do with Bill O'Brien. So when we get to the other side, I'll let you guys know about that. And I'll let you know on the other side about a bet that you can only get at my bookie. Josh, tell them a little bit about what we're going to do on soccer today because I got some bangers. I've already, if you follow me on Twitter, I've already been to Italy today this morning. I've already cashed in. I've already cashed in a few spots around the world. And I've got another bet. It's going to kick off in 24 minutes. And I, there's only one place to bet it. Where do you bet? Bet It's got to be at my bookie. And Soccer bets, NFL, basketball, you do everything at MyBookie because it's easy, guys. You bet, you win, they pay. That's their slogan for a reason because that's what happens. You place your bet just like me the other day. I was like, Tom Brady plus four? Yeah, I'll take that. Boom. It, it came through at cash. And 
man, once that game got started and they started rolling, I felt really good. I cracked a couple beers and really enjoyed watching the rest of that game. And that's that's what's great because I was I was relaxed. I knew my money was safe at my bookie because I knew I could cash out whenever I wanted, guys. And they also offer deposit bonuses. So if you want to, you know, put in, you know, a thousand bucks, they'll they'll even match you halfway up to a thousand. So it's a great deal at my bookie. Your promo code is radio. That's how you get that extra promo bonus. Is you got to put in promo code radio. You listen to Jerry's my bookie plays. Is bookie busters. You fire on those bets. You cash. You win. You you uh, you get paid. And guys, Super Bowl prop bets this is the best sunday of gambling coming up next week you're going to want to listen to Moneyline. we're going to have a ton of bets for you guys but you got to do them all at mybookie.ag guys you bet you win they pay it's my bookie years of research and innovation innovation map is the new voice of innovation in houston pretty cool huh morty covering startups tech energy health social impact and more visit innovationmap.com today do it now do it do it do it now This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. You know what time it is. It's Sunday morning. Sunday morning is for Moneyline. No football, but we got a little bit of football. And I'm going to take you over to Italy again. So tell your wife, give me that mask. I'll be back, honey, at some point. I'll be back when I'll be back, right? And this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead and hit Italy. And you're going to bet on the over on Napoli and Parma. I believe that there's going to be at least two and a half goals. If they hit it three, I see at least two, one, three, one, probably Napoli. But just to be safe, just play the over and play both teams to score because Napoli has been allowing goals at a rapid pace. Parma could get on the board and Napoli's got the Coppa Italia match and they're actually sandwiched in between them. They had one midweek. They have a big one on the horizon. I think that'll make them play a little bit of loose on the back, an open game. But then that's why I waited. I waited and waited until them uh, starting lineups came out just to make sure. And up top, they got their prolific goal scorer. They got Chucky Lozano starting. That means that there's goals. They're playing a 4-3-3, meaning that it's going to be an open game. In my opinion, I think that there's goals. Go ahead and hit the over, and you only do that at my bookie. At my bookie. So let me let me pay off that tease real quick from last segment. Here's why you can tell the Jack Easterby thing is still a problem. And when they hired their new coach, everything that the Texans have kind of publicly said, it's been about culture, right? Even firing Amy Palsik, their former PR director. like That was in the name of culture. Getting O'Brien out of there in the name of culture. You know, we hear you know how we'd scream at people and what a jerk he was. But notice they never talk about the moves that the terrible, terrible moves that were made being terrible. They talk about the culture. So they don't talk about, oh, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Yeah, probably should have gotten more for DeAndre Hopkins. That that was a bad move. Or, oh, man, Laramie Tunsil, we really overpaid him. We signed a contract you know, later on when we did the deal. We didn't even require a contract being signed at the time of the trade so that we got leveraged into having to pay him more than he should get. All the moves that they talk about, the Brandon Cooks trade, signing Randall Cobb to that ridiculous contract, 
Notice that they never say any of those were bad moves. They talk about how the the bad man, Bill O'Brien, made the culture just nobody could stand it. They couldn't wait to get him out of the building because he was such a jerk. So, and the new coach they hire, like, you know, he's this, you know, positive guy that's had all this great experience in the NFL. And, you know, they, they, they package it all like that. But they don't talk about what a bunch of terrible football moves they made last year. And you know why that is? Because it's Jack Easterby that did those. He's, he's the one that did Deshaun's contract extension. He had his fingerprints all over these moves. Terrible, terrible moves. But nobody's talking about how bad these moves were. They're talking about, ooh, O'Brien was mean. We're, we're glad he's gone. That's what's telling you that going forward, and Deshaun sees that. He knows that they don't realize what the real problem is. It's Easterby and McNair having control, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. When did the word culture get used? Uh, and I know it's always, I mean, you obviously you want, want a good culture within your organization, your locker room. But when did it become the scapegoat? You know, yeah. because and not just in, 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 in this organization, but you hear that a lot. Culture, the culture of this, the culture of that. I think taking blame. Whenever you mess up and, 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 and it's a series of events, not just one, but it's multiple errors on multiple levels from the top to now the players to – the star and now you hurt the fans that's hidden mistakes on every level when do you just take i guess you say you know what let's let's start somewhere ground zero this would have been ground zero right this would have been it new general manager bringing a new coach let's start at ground zero let's take let's take blame and say you know what yes we dropped the ball on a few instances yes you kept supporting us and this is what we plan on doing going forward. If you don't take that to that extreme and at least admit it, then it never washes away. If you're just going to keep washing it away with culture. Culture. And, and notice the religious undertones and all the culture <laughs> stuff. We're going to be doing things the right, the right way going forward. You know, we're going we're gonna to make this new coach. We're, we're going to give him his offensive coordinator before he even takes the job, right? You're, you're going to have Tim Kelly. We were hearing that Lovey Smith would, was possibly the defensive coordinator before they even hired the head coach. What head coaches are going around going, yeah, when I get my first gig as head coach, I want, I want the GM and owner to pick out my offensive and defensive coordinator for me. Who goes along with that? I bet Eric Bieniemy was like, no. And then they were like, eh, then we'll pick somebody else. It's all in the name of, of, of religious undertones and doing things the right way and faith, family, and football. And, and Josh McCown's a big, you know, religious guy too. And, you know, I was, I was joking with some of the guys in the office. Is there going to be a collection plate going around at NRG during halftime? Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's help pay Laramie Tunsil. Is Lance Berkman going to come down and do a speech oh. during halftime? For, well, you, you know, the, the PSLs are the ties. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> confessions by the concessions. Yes. That's the new Look. motto. Confessions by the concessions. Yeah. You Col- go to get a, a popcorn, and then all of a sudden you can go ahead and tell them what you did wrong. Culture is a catch-all for when your team stinks. Uh, it's a word that's used when you don't want to point it at sp- specific people. You hear even college coaches, we got to change the culture because it's better than saying the players stink because those players, you can't get rid of 85 scholarship players. Yeah. It's a catch-all for saying things went poorly. And sure, some of it is real. Some You may have guys, not every guy is going to be great in an organization, but you never hear about culture um, when teams are winning. When the Texans were going, when the Texans were up twenty-four to nothing against the Chiefs, we all know the score, or whatever. Uh, when they were in the midst of that run, even as they were 
by hook or by crook finding ways to win games when they're beating Buffalo because Buffalo couldn't close them out. Culture wasn't a problem. Even when Bill O'Brien was yelling at the, they say Denver fan, but we all know he was yelling at a Texans fan when they, mm-hmm. when, he, when they were getting blown out. Culture wasn't an issue. In fact, if you remember, some people in the city were saying, oh, I'm behind Bill O'Brien for yelling. That shows he's just a normal guy. Um, maybe some of those people had jobs on the Texan station at the time. Talk about how that was such a great moment. Now those guys are feeling a little differently about things over there. Culture is 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 real, but it's just used because you can't put point your finger at everybody who's done wrong. It is, but it's also I want to take it to that next level, man. When your executive vice president of football used to be a team chaplain, and you know he has like little sheets for. Oh, he listens to rap music. That's that's one demerit. You know, like he's got like this little chart of, you know, if th- these guys are good people or not. And it's odd. It's weird to me that that this he's in charge of things. How did this happen? We, we did a sports mat video. Could you ever imagine Jim Crane hiring a, a youth pastor, your team chaplain to be basically your general manager? Now, you would never see that anywhere else. Let's bring in Osteen. Joel yes. Osteen. Let's bring him in and give him a job. You know, just imagine that again. Confessions at the concession. He'll do it at NRG, right? He'll do his whole presentation, Joel Olstein, and then the football game will happen after that. We'll bring a band in. It'll be. We'll combine everything. It'll be great. How about okay? It's talking about culture, and maybe it ain't that as far as this specific question. But the Dolphins. We have a Dolphins fan, a diehard right here in front of us. So to acquire Watson for Miami, they would have to move a bunch of pieces that. Over these last few years, they acquired on good deals. I would say that the culture that Brian Flores brought in, the the energy in that that locker room now is higher than it's been, I mean, as long as I've been a fan of, of yeah. football for the Dolphins. I think that the way things look up, would you take a shot right now? And obviously, knowing bringing in Watson, I know that it's probably a better spot than what it is with Tua. Would you give all that up, knowing all the things that you're going to have to get up to take a shot on Watson and rebuilding that thing? Watching them for... This past, well, the last two seasons when you during Brian Flores' tenure, the ten and six was unexpected. But and there's there's that ten and six is kind of covering up or plastering over the fact that there are still holes. And the 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 draft picks were to obviously acquire to fill those holes and do it in a in a relatively slow rebuild because the Dolphins approached the Brian Flores era era as something where it's going to be a slow. It's going to be slow. The, this 10 and 6 thing has kind of sped up the process where now it's like, hey, we're, we're really close. Let's add Deshaun. I don't think the Dolphins are that close. They can be a playoff team, but Deshaun is like, you, you're acquiring him because you believe he is the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not. That They're not, they're not that. They're not there. This draft was supposed to be the one where you got to a point where you're like, all right, we add these young players with the young veterans we signed in the past offseason. They still have money to sign more young veterans. We, we'll build a complete team, and the hope was that Tua uh, would be the guy to lead them. And who knows what, how that'll show up, how that'll play out. The 10-6, I think, is, is – I won't say it's fake because they did, they did beat some good teams and, were, and they competed against others. I don't think they're that close where Deshaun puts them over the top. There are holes to be filled. I, I would rather them fill those holes um, because Deshaun will be walking into a situation, I think, where he better run organization, but more similar to the Texan teams he's been on, the playoff teams, than he thinks um, if he joins the squad. I agree. That's, I'm, I'm, that's why I wanted to ask him, because if you're a team that's set up and they've acquired picks, you know, some of the Texans' picks, as a matter of fact, you feel that 
does he make me a winner right now? Because what's the window with him? Do we have enough to make us win in that short span? What do I do? Do I set my franchise back? Be in the Jets, for example. It's a big city, though. Is that the big market? Does that help them get to that? Because I'm not. that's not going to help them win right away. What makes Watson more than a four four win team? And what makes them more than a four win team with Watson? I don't I don't know why. I mean, I, at this point, I would rather have the Texans uh, uh, receivers than the Jets. Yeah. So then, what makes them a, a, a team that takes chance? Because where they are, so I, every particular situation is going to be different. But we know that having them in house right now, while you can still say he's on the Texans, that's big. The, the cards are somewhat in your favor. But then the trade clause comes into play, and he gets to ultimately. That was the that was the power move by him. The biggest power move ever was signing the huge contract, and then being able to say, "But you're not going to be able to do me to any team. You're not going to be able to do me like that, okay?" And then I, this is what you have to do. This is signing on that print. There was a lot of trust, just like Watson trusted the organization to let him have the ultimate call on some of these moves. They trusted him to say. You're going to stick with us, right? They did, and that came from Patrick Mahomes. Remember, Mahomes signed his contract first. He had a no-trade clause, so Deshaun was like, yeah, uh, I'll have one of those as well. Thank you. And you know what's funny is he sees with Mahomes. He had input. Andy Reid hit up Patrick Mahomes and asked him before they drafted, like, you know, do you have any thoughts? And Patrick Mahomes said, I really like that running back out of LSU. Hmm, Who they draft in the first round? Clyde Edwards E. Lair. And, and maybe that was the wrong move. Jonathan Taylor had a much better year and was drafted later. So, you know, sometimes the players, you know, getting that input, it's not the best move. They're not general managers, but it's good faith knowing that your coach values your opinion. And Deshaun wanted some of that. We'll see how it goes. All right. So, on the other hand, let's say it went like this you do give them input as far as the enemy or whoever comes in. But then how – once you give him that kind of power, you heard him say that he – Will Fuller's going to be back on this team, which we know that us being in this city, that Will Fuller's stock was as high as it could possibly have been, that now we're hearing that he had a little help, mm-hmm. let's call it. So Fair then right. if he's going to make that decision and if it's, if, it's, if it's on Watson and he's got the power to be able to help on those, so what, just because he wants to bring back – Fuller, now you're gonna you you have to take that as a team because him and Fuller have that connection. You have to be very careful. It's a thin line because once you allow that kind of a power move, then you have to let littler moves fall between. And one of those littler moves would be probably Fuller getting it, his money. It would, but what's so amazing is, is even if Deshaun misses on a bunch of this stuff, he's not gonna be as terrible as Jack Easterby. You know, that's what he's thinking in his mind. I'm not going to be perfect, but this guy's an idiot. Cal's a dummy. You know, I'll make better decisions than they do. That's the problem. They have to they have to show some type of competence, something that you can have faith in. And they've done the opposite of that. And I hate to use the term or the phrase, or they deserve better the fans because there's nothing's guaranteed in sports. No. You know, go look at some of these franchises that, that support their teams for years and, and they haven't won. Yeah, no. but they're but they're the Browns, for example. You know, teams like that, they still show up. They, they're still there, and, and maybe they say we deserve better. But there's no deserve. This is a business, so you have to make sure that the team that you are a fan of, unfortunately, you have to you ride with them. But the only time that you can hurt them in any shape, form, or fashion is in the pockets. It takes a lot though to go from that guy that goes out there. He has his parking spot. He does the tailgating. 
He does the season tickets. Now he's acquired a few of them. Now he went from two to four. He finally moved up the list. Now his kids can go to go all that and then say all of a sudden, I'm leaving. If if Watson leaves, I leave. It's it's tough. It is. And on the other side, we're going to get to a, a huge trade that happened. And, and, and how it could impact what the Texans can get for Deshaun Watson as far as trade value. And you talk about that. Boy, it's been ugly in Detroit for a long, long time. You know, th- those fans have been through it. So we'll get to that on the other side. 713-780-3776. It's a Get It Off Your Chest Sunday. It's a money line back is Sunday. And we got one week to the big game. So get ready. We got a lot more here on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.